Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounder. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah Shan. Joining me today is Aaron Levine. Uh, who you surely know as the sports director of Fox 13, uh, the local Fox affiliate that is covering the Sounders, that is doing a great job. If for nothing else, I would hope that you would know Aaron from his amazing interview with the uh, CONCACAF Champions League trophy uh, the other day. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Uh, the trophy was very soft-spoken, but let's be honest, it didn't really have to say much. It just sparkled no. and shined on our set and, uh, and took center stage. So a lot of us have not been able to get up and close and personal yet with that trophy. I've heard it's very heavy. 33 pounds. So yes, it'll give you a workout, especially I, I, I took that thing all the way from the second floor is where our studio is all the way down uh, to where the car was in the parking lot. So it was a workout, but it was definitely worth it. <laughs> so did you have to wear like the, the white gloves when you were carrying it? What was the protocol? There was no protocol after they've won the cup. Before the cup, Uh-oh. when the CONCACAF guys came to town, then you had to wear the white gloves. And there was very, I mean, there was a, a protocol there. Uh, afterwards, uh, after the cup has been who knows where over the last week right. or so since they won, uh, there's not necessarily any rules when it comes to having to handle the trophy in a particular way. And so was it still stinking of, of <laughs> champagne and beer and whatever else got poured into it? Uh, it I don't think so. No, uh, okay. I didn't notice anything, um, okay. but I wouldn't have minded if, if it was because there's obviously a reason why. Yeah, no, it was, it's, it's, I, I just think it's, it's a fun trophy to have uh, like visually, but also like it, it tells a great story. What was your, like, I don't know. Did, was there an education gap for you understanding this trophy? Do you feel like that you had to explain it to uh, your, your viewers What's like, I don't know, what, what did people think when they, when they see this thing and, and what was the reaction to your, your bit? Well, let me go back. I mean, there's been an education gap for me specifically since I got here in 2007 when the Sounders were um, a USL team. And they had, what, about seven or 8,000 fans on one side of what was then, what, Quest Field. I've tried to understand this and and in general, in a general perspective from an American sports fan that hasn't grown up watching soccer overseas, we are so used to the one league, one championship routine, where in NHL and NBA and Major League Baseball, they play for a league championship and that's it. So coming into this, where you have the Sounders all of a sudden in U.S. Open Cup, and then they're playing for a Cascadia Cup and a Supporter Shield throughout the season, but also playing for an MLS Cup. And then all of a sudden they're playing regional competitions in this CONCACAF Champions League. What does CONCACAF stand for? This is where I really jumped in as a sports anchor in this market and had to learn that. 
because a lot of people don't want to take the time to understand what all these various competitions with all these trophies and all these cups actually mean. So this has been a learning process for me. And I know that to this day, even if you are a Sounders fan, if you're not a hardcore Sounders fan, but you appreciate the team, you might not necessarily have a full understanding of what everything means. And so maybe a month and a half ago, a lot of these fans that attended the Champions League final at Lumen against Pumas didn't know what this meant or what this stood for. And yet you had Brian Schmetzer saying, this is a big effing deal. And you had Garth Lagerway saying, this is our chance at immortality. And fans out there were like, well, some got it, but I would say a majority didn't. What does that mean in the greater perspective of things? I go back to my first interview with Garth Lagerway in 2014 or 2015 when he first got here. And I know that there was a big uproar that there were no friendlies with Manchester United anymore or Chelsea or the big ones that had come to Seattle. All of a sudden they put a stop to that. And fans were asking why. We wanna see some of the best teams in the world even if it's an an exhibition. And Garth from day one was like, we don't wanna play in a friendly against these world superpowers. We wanna play against a Barcelona or Chelsea or or, or a Man City on the world stage with a cup or a trophy on the line for everybody to see, not in an exhibition, not in a friendly. And by doing that, we have to get to this thing called the FIFA Club World Cup. Here we are seven years later and the Sounders have finally got there. And this is the best way to really explain to the casual fan on how big this tournament and CONCACAF regional tournament actually was and what it means for this club on a world stage going forward. I think that's the best way that I saw to explain this to those that didn't know the difference between all the different competitions that the, that the Sounders playing. And I think that that's a great point. And I think that it was even something that within the Sounders community, like the Sounders super fan community, which is really like who we're speaking to. But I think there was even this understanding. Like I, I remember talking to people when, when tickets first went on sale, like, okay, so we'll get 50 or 60,000 people maybe. Uh, but selling out seems a bridge too far because there's even among, there was this understanding that it's, it's a Wednesday. There's only two weeks of time. We only have about two weeks. Maybe it was three weeks to sell tickets. But I, I, I don't think that there was this great understanding of what this even was and credit to the Sounders, but also credit to people like you, I think, who bought in and sold this in the way that was easy to understand. Because I know I at first came at it with like, man, I'm so tired of treating Champions League like it's a qualifier for the Club World Cup because Champions League is a huge achievement on its own. But I, I think I've really come to appreciate how important that Club World Cup element is. And, uh, and certainly the Sounders have been pitching it that way. And I do think it helped kind of break through uh, people's understanding of like why you're doing this and what the point of it is. And, and sort of like this understanding that all these things are leveling up to one another, MLS, you know, uh, MLS levels up to champions league and champions league levels up to FIFA world cup. And at that point you're playing the best teams in the world. Uh, and I, and I, and so I just wanted, I guess I'm, what I'm saying is I appre- I think I've come around to the idea that this is a good way of, of selling it and p- having people understanding, but also acknowledging that there was even among Sounders fans, a lot of ground to make up to, to have this appreciation. 
Listen, I, I've been able, fortunate enough to be able to cover Seattle sports for 15 years. And I will make a full on admission right now, up to two, three years ago, I would hear UEFA Champions League. And I wouldn't know what the heck that meant, honestly, because I'm not somebody that has followed soccer overseas my entire life. I was very aware of the English Premier League. I was very aware of, of Bundesliga. I was aware of all these different leagues. But UEFA Champions League, oh, yeah, one team from one league gets to play a team from another league. I don't know what that all means. What is UEFA? All that stuff. And trying to finally understand that connection of like, oh, UEFA is like CONCACAF. And it's just like another region of the world. And there are seven of these regions around the world that are all having the same league slash tournament. That's the other thing. You call it league, it's a tournament. And when you're right. in the United States, you think league, you think, oh, well, it's a part of, you know, you're playing for this league <laughs> championship, not, not in a tournament form. So that's another thing, like in terms of the vernacular and the way that we talk about things yeah. that aren't very clear, I think, to your ordinary American sports fan that doesn't follow soccer overseas. So again, you have UEFA Champions League and you have this winner like, oh, okay, whoever wins that is going to the FIFA Club World Cup. And then the Sounders might have a chance to actually play them there. I mean, all of a sudden I'm following this from the top eight of the quarterfinals all the way to the championship. When in the past I've been like, oh yeah, maybe I'll tune into the Champions League championship match at the very end. Mm-hmm. Now there was actually, as Garth says, and it's really funny how he says it. Yeah, that's now a playing game to potentially play the Sounders yeah. between between <laughs> uh, you know uh, between Liverpool and, and and Real Madrid. So it's it's kind of funny to look at it that way. Yeah, suddenly that makes it a very compelling matchup. Oh no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what what is your sense though? Do you like you've been you've covered this? You you obviously showed up on the scene at a very opportunistic time. Uh, which was essentially right when the Sounders like launched into their like their buildup to joining MLS. And what's been your perception of how relevant the Sounders are in this market? Because in, in some ways it feels like the Sounders are probably more relevant in Seattle than they are than any, any team is in, in MLS in their local market. But in another very real way, it's not the, it, it's not hard to understand how man, if the Mariners are good, they dwarf the Sounders in terms of like the way that people are talking about the team. Yeah, no, it, it's it's tough. I will, I'll start by saying this. Any team that can regularly get 35 to 40,000 fans for every home match is relevant. Case in point, done. I mean, I mean that's a mic drop, as, as I used the other night. And then any team that can fill a stadium, 65, 70,000 for the huge matches like we saw the other night or for Portland on July 9th, they are very relevant in this market. I, you also have to think about the test of time. Uh, yes, they've been around since 1974, but they've only been an MLS club since 2009. The Mariners have actually been a major league baseball team since 1976. So you have a number of years of a head start in that regard. You also, though, take a look at demographics and who's watching these games on TV. I would say the Sounders, are demographics are very, very uh, similar uh, in terms of the numbers of people are watching from, say, the ages of 25 to 54 that the Mariners have. I mean, the Mariners demographic and watching you know, who watches those games is much, much older than, than Sounders fans. So... When you're talking about the bright future the Sounders organization has ahead and the, the following that they have, 
uh, I, I would say I'd be much more optimistic uh, than, than some people are because yes, you're right. Come playoff time, if the Mariners are, are potentially in a, a, a spot to, to make the playoffs, heck, we haven't seen it in 22 years. Of course, the city's going to get excited. Right. Hopefully they would make a World Series. Uh, the Sounders have sustained success, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's been able to create the following that it has over the years, and it's only going to continue to grow. You obviously have some great visibility into the numbers that the Sounders do on TV, which yeah. we don't always, always get. But one of the things that struck me about this uh, this game the other day was uh, FS1 and uh, Unamas Univision put out their numbers and there was about one and a half million people total audience for, for both, for each of the two legs. Uh, but what struck me was that of something like, there was like something like 300,000 uh, viewers on FS1, 179,000 of those supposedly were in Seattle, which strikes me as that, that seems like a big number to me. Yeah, it is. I mean, then again, when you have uh, the Seahawks in a big game, the great majority of those viewers on a national scale, the great majority of those viewers are going to be, in the Seattle area. I mean, the fact that they were able to market it the way they did not only brought the 70,000 fans close to to Lumen Field, it also created a buzz of those who didn't make it to the match tuning in. I mean, people wanted to see this historic match, uh, whether they understood it or not, and hopefully they did in the lead up to it. Um, and hopefully they understood it once they were watching it and you heard the explanations from, from the crew that was calling the match and, and after the match and seeing all the reaction. Uh, again, uh, this was a situation where uh, the buildup to it certainly helped uh, the rating in the end. Did you feel like that this was, like you obviously covered MLS Cup 2019. The buzz around that was very different. I don't know if it was bigger or uh or smaller or what, like, I, but it just seemed very, it, it felt like a different atmosphere in and around uh, the stadium in the game. Like maybe MLS got felt a little bit more like an event, whereas this felt like, like it was about the championship. Uh, but what was your perception? Like, did you, did this feel like a breakthrough or does there, do, is it more of an illustration of how much there is still left to do? I think both of them to me at least felt like, huge events mm. and the way that Seattle and I'm, I'm very pro Seattle sports fan, the way that the Seattle sports fan in general comes together for a huge moment or a huge event. I've always felt like if there's a really big event, that's incredibly important to a team or franchise in the area that this city has some, has a way of, of uniting and, and pulling for, that particular team. And, and obviously they showed it in the way of selling out that stadium. Um, when maybe a couple of weeks prior, that wasn't even going to be the case. I mean, you even saw when they were able to come back from that two nil deficit in Mexico city, I think they were pushing uh, 50,000 tickets before that. And all of a sudden there was this huge rush. They tie that game and all of a sudden we're equal at, at half essentially coming back to Seattle that was a huge moment for people to realize, wow, what an opportunity the Sounders have in the second leg. So again, I saw both of them as big events and big opportunities for, for the franchise. And how about this? They delivered it on both fronts. I mean, you have, you fill up that stadium and I think the Sounders are now eight Oh and one in meaningful yeah. matches in that stadium when they have 60,000 or more fans, hopefully nine Oh and one after you play, after we play Portland uh, in July, uh, that that's remarkable, but it also, it also speaks to what kind of effect that can have on the home team. Yeah. Out of curiosity, were you in the stadium? 
Yes. I was in the stadium for the first half. And then unfortunately I had to go back to the studio. I was gonna, that's why I was assuming yeah. you probably had to do work outside right. of the stadium. I was there um, for the entire match MLS cup 2019. Cause we had a post game post match show right afterwards, right, right on that's there, right. which was, which was awesome. Um, I wish I could have been there for the couple goals in the second half, but I was there for the first goal uh, <laughs> in the first half. Well, what did you think of the, what did you think of the, of the scene? I think I think it was awesome. I, it's funny. I was in the North Plaza for most of pre-match, and I was struck by how many Pumas fans there were that I well, saw especially visi- over there, right, visibly. And so I, it was a bit of a sigh of relief when I got to the press box and I'm looking around the stadium, <laughs> and I only saw the tiny corner of Pumas fans up in the in the upper. Because I was worried. I was like, oh my god, do they have ten thousand fans here? That's the way it looked. Yeah. Uh, and I also also the interesting part was I saw so many fans in the Hendrix jerseys as well that I was and which has purple in them and purple is in Pumas mm-hmm. as well so I was wondering is the stadium not going to look like it's all pro sounders uh, fortunately enough people wore the rave green where it wasn't in effect <laughs> when you saw the big picture at the stadium with the start of the match yeah you know that's one of the things though I do love about Champions League and it's one of the things that you know especially when it's Liga Mackey's teams that are coming to town you see like the generational differences sometimes where, you know, the parents will be wearing the, the league I'm team Jersey and their kids will be wearing sounders or whatever. But I do think this events like this are, are so special and so great because, and they are sort of like soccer only things where it's this cross cultural uh, event where you get this demographic of fans that don't always show up to sounders games, which might not even show up to uh, Seattle sports in general, uh, but they, they're they're coming out for these games, and even if they are che- cheering for the other team, man, I heard almost no, literally nothing but great stories of interactions between Sounders and Pumas fans, which I I love, uh, and and it just makes me so like this is the stuff that I really fell in love with soccer over, and it's something that we just don't get to see, like we don't get to see international competitions like this in other sports. No, no, you don't. Um, and you're right about the mutual respect I think Sounders and Pumas fans had for one another, uh, at least up here in Seattle. And that was that was great to see as well. I've had at least 10 people either respond to me on Twitter or email or just in conversations who were there at the game say that that was the most fun match they've ever yeah. had most fun time they've ever had at a Sounders match. And that really speaks to the kind of crowd and atmosphere that, that they had. I mean, it wasn't, obviously when you fill up that stadium, it's a lot more fun in general. It is. Um, yeah. And then of course, when you win, it's a lot more fun, but uh, just, just, I feel like the tension coming into the game and, you know, this, it was going to be a huge disappointment. Uh, maybe not a disaster of epic proportions as Alexi Wallace likes to say. And of course that's Alexi <laughs> Wallace, but it would have been a huge disappointment to have gotten to this point, to be on the brink of a FIFA club world cup, and then to have lost it on your home field in front of 70,000 fans. It just doesn't get worse than that. Um, but then again, once they scored that first goal, I think there was a bit of a relief. And then that second goal in the second half, you could just, feel the wind come out of everybody's lungs like okay they're actually going to win this thing let's celebrate and let's enjoy this yeah it was it was really a special night it was like i i think the emotional relief i felt after that second goal uh was really unlike anything like as a fan or as a journalist that i felt uh covering the sounders it was it was pretty special and i'm glad that you were able to be there i'm glad that you've honestly i wanted to say thank you though in general because I don't think it's an easy thing to navigate uh, oftentimes when you are a, a general sports 
uh, reporter or anchor or, or what have you uh, to, to kind of find that balance between uh, educating new fans, but not talking down to the existing fans. And I think you've done a really good job of that by showing an intellectual curiosity uh, that I really appreciate. And so I just wanted to say thank you for that uh, from Sounders fans for myself. Uh, and, and you guys have done a really good job, I think, uh, covering the Sounders at, at, at Fox 13. So, uh, yeah, I guess I just wanted to say that uh, because it, it doesn't get said enough. Well, no, thank you uh, very much. And I will say, just from my perspective, is probably one of the, the hardest things to do is to try to not alienate one side or the other. The, the, the hardcore fan base that understands everything, the ins and outs of this team, but also Joe Blow, who really couldn't care less or maybe, you know, hears about the Sounders every once in a while, but doesn't know what CONCACAF stands for, or what Champions League means. It's very, it's a very tough bridge to try and you know create between both sides without alienate one alienating one side or the other. And yet at the end of the day, I feel like you know we can all be big Sounders fans and we can all try and understand it. And I don't profess to ever have been the one that understood it all, nor do I understand it all today. And I still have a lot to learn. And so the quote unquote intellectual uh, curiosity that you mentioned it. It's true. I'm curious and I want to continue to become curious like any other uh, maybe average fan out there and, and hopefully take everybody along with us on the way. And to that point, Manoa brought it up, up the other night, continue as Sounders fans to be as obnoxious as possible about this. Yeah. Because and it's insufferable, I guess, is the word. Enjoy it. Be insufferable. Because what is sports if you can't enjoy the biggest championship in franchise history? Flaunt it. Enjoy it all the way to the FIFA Club World Cup when you're the only MLS team to have ever competed in that thing. And the first, you'll never be able to take that away. That, that's, that's remarkable. And I, I just, I love, I love it. And again, you know how insufferable, say, Oregon Ducks fans are out there or insufferable. And yeah, because they, they've been good for a long time. I guess they're allowed to, and it's frustrating <laughs> from the outside looking in. But enjoy it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's great to be on the inside. And when you want a super, when Seahawks won a Super Bowl championship, be unsufferable. When you win an MLS Cup, be unsufferable. It, it's, these are the times to celebrate the most. Well, thank you for saying that because I think it, it should be said. And I think it, sometimes we as fans sometimes uh, get a little self-serious with, with some of these things. And it's a reminder that like there's a time and place for being uh, you know, being good winners. And I think that that's great for, for the athletes. And I think it's great for the executives to a certain degree. And, you know, it doesn't mean you got to be a jerk to anyone, but man, you should be allowed to celebrate these things. You should be allowed to flaunt it. You should be, you know, this is, this is what it's all about. This is why we do this, this is why we follow sports is because we want to enjoy the highs as because we, God knows we suffer through enough lows. <laughs> That's um, the point. You suffer so bad during the lows, you right. might as well enjoy the highs. Right, exactly. Well, uh, Aaron, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I, again, want to say thank you for your coverage over at, at Fox 13. Uh, it's been great. And I think we're really lucky at, in Seattle as Sounders fans to have a television, uh, a television station that takes this seriously. And, that, and I think it really has helped that it's been a long-term home that you, that we've, we've only had two, we've only had two uh, broadcasters, I think, right. So you and King were the only two that during the entire yeah. existence of the Sounders MLS uh, era. So that's, that's a pretty good run. And uh, here's hoping this is just the beginning and that, you know, sure enough, we'll, we'll be going to bigger and better things. 
Well, you guys over at Sounder at Heart, awesome job, by the way. I mean, oh, thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm on there at least once or twice a week just to kind of get the pulse of, of what, you know, Sounder is feeling. Thinking. No, exactly. And you do a fantastic job. So thank you guys for having me on, too. Yeah. And I'll note, I don't actually know what CONCACAF means. I just know what it's like. <laughs> I, I, I was like, you were said that and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I know what all the, the letters stand for. Uh, although maybe I could figure it out. I, uh, in any case, uh, so don't feel bad if you don't know what CONCACAF actually means, I guess is what my point was. Uh, Cause I don't think, I don't think most Sounders fans do either, but no, yeah. I, I, acronym it's, it's, what, what the heck is that acronym? I think that's what a lot of average fans is like, okay, yeah. I've heard it before, but I, don't, I have no idea. When I but actually appreciate, the- <laughs> yeah, and I appreciate that Kongi F just like threw away the, they just like technically now it's lower, it's like a capital C in the lowercase red as if it's a word. <laughs> yes. Which, hey, whatever well, it's helps. Also, well, it's a verb, you know. It you is know, a con- verb. Kongi Kaft. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, Aaron, for doing this. Uh, I hope everyone, I assure everyone is watching uh, Fox 13 and Fox 13 plus uh, for Sounders games, but you do a great job covering the team and, and thank you. Uh, but with all that said, I'm Jeremiah Shan. Uh, this is the Sounder at Heart podcast and we will catch you next time.